Well, hello everyone. My name is Kevin Rognes, and I'm the Discipleship Director here at Faith Covenant Church, and I'm very happy that you're listening or watching today along with us. I just want to remind you to make sure that you hit the subscribe, subscribe button, whether you're on YouTube or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are, just make sure you're hitting that subscribe button to make sure that you never miss an episode. Uh, we cover a lot of different things, and there's a lot of different content, so uh, just make sure that you're never missing any of that. As always, my email address is in the comments section for this episode, so if you have any questions about anything that I talk about today, or if there are other topics that you were just wondering if we were going to cover on the podcast at some point, please let me know, and I'd be really excited to delve into that with you, whatever that may be. So today you see that I don't have a special guest with me because today I'm talking about a, another method of personal Bible study. Some time ago, I did an episode about the SOAP method, which is where you look at Scripture, the S, uh, you make an observation, O, discuss some application options for the A, and then move into prayer about that Bible passage. And I got some feedback that that was really helpful. And I also want to do another different Bible reading method today that can also be really helpful. Uh, I often get questions about what do you do to grow closer to God? What's a way to kind of read God's word and really help us to understand it at the same time? Sometimes it's easy to just read God's word and then just move on. We just kind of read the words and we don't really absorb any meaning from it. And when we do that, it's good to read God's word, but when we're not attaching or looking at any sort of meaning with it, then we can start to lose out on the richness that Scripture offers. So that's why today I want to share with you something called the sword method. Now, this may sound violent or something, but it's really not intended to be. Um, it's actually a reference to how the Word of God is sometimes described as the sword of truth um, by writers like Paul. So that's what that's referring to. And this method is basically a matter of utilizing three simple questions whenever you read any text in the Bible. And this can be applied to just a few verses at a time. It can be just one verse at a time. It can be looking at a whole chapter or a whole book of the Bible. So it's a really easy way to apply it to any level of passage. The other thing that's good to know is that it's something that's great to use in a group setting, in a family setting, or in a personal setting, like when you're doing your own personal devotions. So families, this can be something that you do with your kids as part of like a nighttime devotional. This can do something that you do with a coworker at work who maybe has questions about faith. This is a way that you could lead a small group. So there's a lot of ways and age groups and um, different understanding levels that this can work really well for. So if God's word is a sword, why is this being called the sword method of Bible reading? Well, the idea is that the sword can point at three different uh, things and or three different questions. So that first question is, what do I learn about God? When I read this passage, what is it that I learn about God? Um, what does this teach me about God, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit? What does it remind me about God that maybe I already knew, but I need that refresher on it? Um, what is the thing that God has to reveal about himself 
in this passage. The second question is, what do I learn about people? The Bible is written by human beings, inspired by God, um, but it's, and it's about God, but it's also about people. It's about people who do things well, and it's about people who don't th do things well. In either way, there's a lot that we can learn about people in the Bible. So what do I think about mankind in general? What do I think about how people act or how they think, why they feel the way that they feel? What do I learn about myself personally? What do I learn and what can I see that says, oh, that reminds me of something that I do? <laughs> uh, do I identify with anybody in the story and say, yeah, I can really relate to that person? So what do I learn about people? And then the last question is, what does God want me to do? So once I've read this passage and I've learned what I can learn about what this says about God and what it says about people, what then do I do with that? Is there an action that God wants me to take? Is there a sin that I need to avoid? Is there a promise that I need to be reminded of? Is there an example that I should be following? So those are some of the questions that we ask in the SWORD method. And again, there's three simple questions. What do I learn about God? What do I learn about people? And what does God want me to do? So we're going to apply that right now. And I'm going to do this uh, with you as you're watching or as you're listening. And so um, I'm going to read through Luke 10 verses 38 through 42. It's a, just four short verses and it's a fairly simple story. Um, but it's one that people, uh, th that when I've studied it in groups, people are often asking, are you more like this character or more like that character? So I think it's a really interesting one for this. So um, this is kind of a classic story about Mary and Martha. Um, and again, it's found in Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. And I'll read those now. While they were traveling, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. So this is a really simple story where um, Mary and Martha have Jesus into their home, and Martha gets really busy and involved with serving Jesus and probably other guests as well. But Mary prioritizes sitting at Jesus' feet and learning from Jesus. Martha gets upset and says, Jesus, she needs to be helping out around here. And Jesus says, actually, Mary's made the right choice to just stop and learn. So that's kind of the story in a nutshell. So let's apply the sword method to that. So that first question is, what do I learn about God? Well, this story is about Jesus, of course. And so Jesus is God. Jesus is part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Jesus is that Son part. So um, God is definitely present and active here. Um, so what do we learn about God then? Well, um, 
we kind of see Jesus' priorities here. Martha is wanting to serve Jesus, and that's a good thing, but Jesus says it's more important just to spend time with me. So I guess what I'm being reminded of is that God, Jesus, just wants to spend time with us. God really values relationships, those relational moments, more than tasks, more than certain um, than being served. God wants time with us instead of just us going through the motions of doing things. God wants that relational time. I also see um, God really honoring women in this passage because here we kind of see Martha playing what was very stereotypically the role of a female host in that time of scripture, or even someone who wasn't a host, because Martha was really focused on what can I do to serve the people who are in my home? That's very typical of what would be expected of a woman's role at that time. But what Jesus says is radically different about women at that time. Jesus says, Mary, as a woman, made the right choice to sit at my feet and learn. That's something that was a role usually reserved for men. In the Jewish tradition, um, rabbis or Jewish teachers would be teaching their students and their students would literally be sitting, oftentimes, literally at their feet. And that was usually only something that was reserved for men in that tradition. So Jesus is inviting Mary into this and saying, all are welcome to this tradition of learning about God and putting women um, on that same playing field with men. And so those are kind of two of the things that really stand out to me about what I can learn about God in this passage is just God really valuing that relational time and also God really valuing women. Um, I think sometimes people have a, a stereotype that the Bible just um, holds women at a lesser level, and we just see that that's not true. Um, and the story is one example of that. So the second question then is, what do I learn about people? Um, <laughs> the other two people besides Jesus, of course, in the story are Mary and Martha. And oftentimes um, when I've seen this, excuse me, when I've seen this passage studied in group settings, kind of the, the classic question that's asked is, are you more of a Mary or are you more of a Martha? Are you more concerned about like getting things done like Martha was? Or would you rather just kind of stop and learn and just be with people? And that's a really compelling question um, because sometimes um, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit OCD sometimes in the sense that I like things a certain way. And so sometimes when people are in my home, it's really easy for me to get distracted and kind of focus on keeping things clean, keeping things tidy, um, making sure people have food or drink, whatever they need. Um, and those are not bad things, of course, but it can sometimes distract me. And so that's one thing you learn about people is, are you kind of someone who needs structure and stability and to do things, or can you just kind of go with the flow? You kind of see two different types of people. You also see, I think, um, you know, I think sometimes people miss the point that God is trying to give us, and they do so innocently sometimes. You can be doing things well and 
have a good intention about things, but still miss the point. Um, that's what we're seeing with Martha. Martha was wanting to do good for the guests that were in her home. She was wanting to serve Jesus. And we all want to serve God, right? So Martha had really, really good intentions. But where she maybe made a mistake is in saying, God, this isn't fair that Mary is just sitting there with you. Jesus says, no, this is fair because Martha is choosing to spend time with me. He never tells Martha that Martha's doing a bad thing in serving other people. But he's saying it's more important to have this relational time. So again, Martha was, she was trying to serve people and that is a beautiful intention, um, but she just missed the mark a little bit about that. And so it just reminds me that sometimes people have good intentions and just don't always respond correctly in the situation. So um, when you're frustrated by something, it's just a reminder, I think, to think, okay, what is their intention? Because they may be like Martha. They may just have a lot of things on their mind about how things can go best. Um, and that's why they may um, misplace something. With that too, I think there's, sometimes people are concerned about what is most fair, um, which is what Martha says here. She says, it's not fair that she has left me to serve alone. Um, and that's, you know, a concern for justice, that's a good thing. Um, but it's also just that reminder that sometimes relational time is more important than fairness. And that's a hard thing for us to wrap around, um, especially in Christianity where, um, where justice is important. Um, fairness is often a part of justice. Um, so that can be kind of hard for us to, to process and really put into place. So those are kind of some of the things that I learn about people from this passage. So then that last question, that third question in this method is what does God want me to do? So based on the story of Mary and Martha, um, what does God want me to do? Uh, that's a little bit harder for me to answer. Um, obviously I don't have Jesus arriving in person in the flesh in my home. Um, and so I'm not, I've not been presented with this opportunity. Um, but sometimes I do, uh, for example, I have a Bible study that meets at my home on Monday nights. And when I have guests over, I'm sometimes, I, I have to be really intentional about just sitting down and just being with my guests. Um, it's really easy for me to think, oh, I should clean up as I go or as dinner is going on and put the dishes away really quickly after everything's done. Um, I have to really kind of intentionally remind myself to stop and just kind of be like Mary and just take that time to be relational. I can clean up everything after my guests are gone. I have time to do that, that's okay. Um, and I don't want my guests to think that I'm like trying to rush them out because I'm starting to clean up a little bit. Um, you know, I want people to just sit there and be in the moment. So that's a really good reminder for me on that level. Um, and also just even uh, since I work at a church, um, especially on times like Sunday mornings or Wednesday evenings where we have a lot of people in the building, um, I can sometimes get more focused on the mechanics of, oh, I need to bring this here and I need to do this and I need to be on stage at this time to say this. And 
It can cause me to be running around a lot on Sundays doing work for the church that needs to be done, but sometimes it means that I cut a conversation short and maybe spend a little bit less relational time with people on Sunday mornings. And so this is just kind of a reminder to me that sometimes it's okay to stop and just have that conversation with that person and just spend that time in relationship. It's an important reminder for me. So, of course, those are kind of my answers to those questions. If you were to read the same story and ask those same three questions, what do I learn about God? What do I learn about people? And what does God want me to do? You're going to have completely different answers to this. Likewise, if you have a group of people present, um, you're going to have multiple answers within that group. And that's a great thing about this method. Because if you're doing this method in a group or in a family, you're going to get different perspectives on, okay, what does God want me to do? And it's going to help us to hold each other accountable to those answers. And it's also just going to help us understand each other better and love each other better. So that is the sword method of Bible study. Again, it's something really simple that you can do with all age groups, with all levels of understanding, um, any level of Bible knowledge. Um, they all work with this method. So um, something really simple that you can do with other people, a really great discipleship tool for you to use and for you to teach others to use themselves. So if you have any questions, like I said, feel free to ask me those. Just send me an email. Um, and as always, I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you.